Sota Perak Tes Mishnah Yud nine ten, and the Mishnah continues to discuss various um, practices that stopped over time. Here we have several things that were instituted by Yochanan Kohen Gadol. Who he is is not totally clear. Um, he ostensibly served in the base of Mikdash early in Bayesheni, soon after Shimon Hatzadik. Um, and he did a number of things. The first it says is Yochanan Kohen Gadol He'evir Hodayas Hamaser. He um, stopped the practice of what we call Vidui Maaser, the recital that one makes um, at the end of on the last day of Pesach on the fourth and seventh years of the Shemitah cycle, where one says he gave all of the tithes, Truma, Gadola, and Maaser, and the gifts to the Levi, and so on, as he should have, and then request that Hashem respond in kind by blessing us. Now, part of that recital is, one says, Vegam Nasativ, Lelevi. I also gave the Levi his portion, meaning Meiser Rishon. And Yochanan Kongado says we can't say this. And the reason why is because when Ezra led the first big wave of Jews back to Eretz Yisrael in the very beginning of Baisheni, so he struggled very much to get the Jews to come back to Eretz Yisrael. They had become, after um, seven years of being in what had been Bavel and then later on became part of the Persian Empire, they were happily ensconced there in, in their way of life in the, in the, in the, in the exile, in the Gullus, and they really um, weren't so keen on coming back to Israel. And especially resistant were the Levium. Um, Ezra had a terrible time getting Levium to agree to come back there to Israel. He needed Levium because Levium essentially functions, I'll call them like the, the part of the base of Megdash to function properly, like they were like the rabbinic and, you know, religious leadership. So he needed them, um, but basically none wanted to come. Eventually, he was able to get 38 Levium plus their families and servants and so on to join um, in the return back to Israel. But that was really a very bad showing. And Ezra felt um, that they, Levium, the, like the, the Shevet Levi, um, really deserved censure for their really bad, bad, uh, bad decision. So he said that Ezra said that the gift of Maeser Rishon, which the Torah gives to Levi, um, should not be given to them anymore as a punishment to them. Listen, effectively, um, in an agrarian society, agricultural society like you had in the Jews um, in that time, so, you know, basically everything was agricultural, and 10% of all your agricultural output is given to the Levium as, as like essentially a tax, right, to support the, I'll call them the religious leadership. And Ezra thought, listen, if these guys aren't acting like religious leaders and doing what they're supposed to do, so then we're not going to give them uh, their tax, the Maeserishon. And so Ezra decreed that only the, uh, the Kohen, Kohanim can receive the Maeserishon instead. Now, remember, the Kohanim, of course, are members of Shevet Levi, so technically they are Levium, but that's not what the Torah had in mind. It meant Levium, as opposed to Kohanim, should get the Maeserishon. But the point is, they were suffering this penalty of not getting Maeserishon, and therefore, since the Jews weren't giving the Maeserishon to the Levium, says Yochanan Kongadol, it's inappropriate for them to say an untrue sentence of Gam Nesat the Levi, I gave the portion to Levi, when in fact one didn't give it to Levi. So he stopped that from being said. Presumably prior to that, um, like from the time of, of Ezra onwards until Yochanan Kongadol, so uh, they must have felt, listen, since, the, well, there's a few pshat in here. One pshat is they must have felt, listen, the Kohanim are members of Levi and they're getting the Maeser Rishon, so that's, that's, clo- that's within the bounds of being a true sentence, so they let it slide. But Yochanan Kongadol said, no, we're not doing that anymore. Second, says the Mishnah, Afu bitel es ha-ma'orin ve-sanokfin. Two other things that he stopped were the practice of the ma'orim and the nokfin. Ma'orin, 
I mean, something like the Waker Uppers. What was going on is the custom had become in the Beis Hamikdash that every day um, a, a levy would be on the Dochen and, and he would announce Ura Lama Sishan Hashem. It's a pasuk from Tehillim, which means something like um, "Wake up! Why should you be sleeping, Hashem?" Now, um, that custom was put into place because uh, the Jews um, in Bais Rishon time faced all sorts of difficult things. Um, and that became the practice, you know, as they were sort of under, under the thumb of the Babylonians, the Egyptians gave them a hard time, and so on. It was, it was tough times. But Yochanan Kongodal felt that, listen, now in Bayes Sheni, they had like a good amount of sort of autonomy. They weren't um, being persecuted by by outside forces, really. And that being the case, it's really inappropriate. We have a, you know, the Pasuk says, everyone knows, Hine lo yanum yishan shemer Yisrael. The Hashem, who's the guardian of Israel, doesn't sleep or slumber. So certainly Hashem is not asleep, and it, and people would misunderstand as if as if he he were so to speak um, by this sort of like like almost like an accusation that's coming from Levium. Therefore, uh, Yochan Kongodal felt that was inappropriate. Therefore, he stopped them from saying this pasuk. Those people who called them Orin. He also stopped the Nokfin. Now Nokfin uh, means either like sort of to hit or to slash to cut. So exactly what was going on here? There's two shots in the Gemara. Um, both are kind of the same. The point is that. When you bring a carbon, so you have to shech the animal, and the animal has its instinct and makes it, it resists being slaughtered. And that could cause, you know, not only heart, it can cause it to be a, um, a trafe and so on. It's not, not a simple situation. And therefore, they would um, somehow subdue the animal to make it easy to shech it by um, being no kefit. So one shot and no kef is that they would essentially cut it um, on its like called his forehead, letting blood drip into its eyes, which would disorient it, and then um, that would make it more easy to subdue and to shecht. The other shot is they would actually sort of like hit it on the head, um, striking it on the head, again, I guess, you know, knocking it to be, you know, disoriented, again, allowing them to get it to the ground and, and shecht it easily. The point is that um, to an onlooker, this doesn't look like a very good idea. It could look like that they're bringing animals that have a, a mum, even though like a superficial cut on the fore- on the head, um, which does bleed a lot, um, but it's not actually a mum that would invalidate a carbon, but it could look like it. People would think it's a, it's a mum. Or uh, worse, if you're hitting it on the head proper, you could actually puncture the krum ha-moach, like the, the membrane that surrounds the, the, the brain and the skull, and if you crack that, that does make it into a into a trefa, uh, which would be invalid as a korban. So therefore, he did not. He said nothing was sort. We're not doing that anymore. Instead, we're gonna. He installed these tabaot. I think they're quite well known. These rings that function there in the the base of Mikdash, and there were twenty four rings. So um, the you could use the rings to to restrain the animal so it could become a korban easily. And that he installed that. So the point is that he stopped the practice of nokfin. Further says the Mishnah. Until his days, you could hear hammers banging in Jerusalem. This is referring to Chol HaMoed. On Chol HaMoed, uh, Malacha in general is forbidden. It's actually forbidden mid-Oraisa to do Malacha on Chol HaMoed. Um, but there are a couple important uh, exceptions to that. One exception is something that's for the Tzorach of the Moed. Um, if the, for the holiday itself, you're allowed to do whatever, you're allowed to cook and clean and wash and transport and whatever you're going to do um, to enjoy the Yom Tov. That's not a problem. Um, and if something's broken, you could fix it if you needed it for the Moed. That's 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 one thing. And second of all, if it's a Dover Aved, something which is like a, you're preventing a significant economic loss, you can also do that, even though it involves Malacha, on Cholom Moed. The point is, um, these smiths 
carpenters, whatever they were, um, were doing legitimate Sorch Moed stuff. Um, but the problem is, Yushalayim in the air would ring out the noise of people banging hammers and so on. The whole of Kalayistral is there for the, they're supposed to be there um, for for the Regalim, and this sort of ruins the spirit. It makes people think people are doing Malachan on, on Cholom Moed, that's forbidden Malacha. And therefore he said, no, we're not doing that anymore in Jerusalem. There's no permission to bang hammers and do loud work, even if it would be otherwise permitted on Cholom Moed, as like that kind of permitted labor, still he forbade it for the spirit of the Yontov, so people shouldn't think um, that uh, people aren't taking Yontov and Cholom Moed seriously. So that was that. And finally, In his days, people stopped needing to ask about Damai. Now, I think probably what Yochanan Kongodal is most famous for, I think, is um, what um, the Gemara here talks about, that it was in his time where the enactment of Damai took place. It's all Masechah's Damai. And um, Damai has to do with the issue of ta- produce, which is, has been um, acquired from someone who maybe or maybe did not take the proper tithes. So the Gemara says that Yochanan Gongadol essentially did some sort of like sociological survey. He sent people out to say, listen, go find out what the Ame Arts are doing. What do people do? Do they take tithes properly or not? What he discovered was that most people did take tithes properly, but a significant minority, they didn't take Trumas Meiser. Trumas Meiser means essentially the portion that the Levi is supposed to give to the Kohen. It's like a tenth the tenth of one's produce that goes to the levy, a tenth of that um, goes to the Kohen as Trumas Meiser. Effectively, it's basically one hundredth, one percent of the of the produce, basically. Now, what he, he found out is that is that the Ame Arts were not separating Meiser Rishon. I'm thinking Hamotzi Mechaver Lavaraya. The burden is on the on Levim to come get it. I'm not giving it. Um, but so fine. Then they're not they're not giving the Meiser Rishon. But they thought incorrectly. Many of them thought incorrectly that. They don't need to separate Trumas Meiser because, anyways, it's not that's the burden of the Levi, and they haven't given it to Levi in the first place. So, therefore, their Trumas Meiser was embedded into their food. Now, that's unacceptable because it's there's a Misa Bedei premature death is the consequence of eating Trumas Meiser, like Trumagadola, and therefore, um, you know, it's a big problem. Now, until his time, people relied on the rove. The halach is if you have a food supply with a mixture of sources for food, so you can rely on. The majority, and since the majority of the farmers were tithing properly, so technically speaking, it was permitted to eat um, produce, even though some of it had Trumas Meister. But he said, no, he's making a rule. Listen, people were afraid, some people were trusting the neighbors, some weren't trusting the neighbors, and so on and so forth. It was a very uncomfortable situation, and who knows what was going on. And therefore, he said, no, new rules. Anytime you purchase produce from anybody, who hasn't committed formally to take tithes and everything he gets and makes and gives. Um, so then you just have to take a new set of Akulam tithes, uh, treating it as what's called Domai, to make sure that what has to be removed is removed. So since he made a universal rule that everyone is treating all produce that comes from any source that isn't a totally reliable, you know, formally committed, like, you know, Haver, a person who's committed to being a, to taking tithes properly, you tithe it again, removing the Trumas Meister out, and in years where there's also... Uh, uh, Meister Shani, so also it has to be redeemed onto a coin. So the point is that that um, he enacted this rule of demai, and after that, no need to ask anybody anymore: is your food, you know, tithed or not? Because the rule was, regardless of that question, you have to tithe again. And therefore, the Mishnah says here: Uviyamav in his days, ain adam tzarich lishol al hadamai means starting from his times, no reason to ask people about is their food demai or not, because we treat all food from all people except from the from the chaverim as being 
Demai and then taking those separate tithes at Schmutzmeiser all over again.